Those Two Jerks is brought to you in part by Maverick Group, Maverick Group Experiential Technology. Need some nerds? Let's build something awesome together. Maverick. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Those Two Jerks, episode 121. I am your host, the Tom Alexander, and joining me, as always, whether I want him to or not, Aww, is the buddy. Sussman, Rick Sussman. Hi, Rick. Uh, hi, Tom. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to you, Tom. <laughs> I'm thankful that you are a good sport. Oh, uh, that's not true at all. But hey, you know, we can pretend. <laughs> I'm thankful that you put up a face of a good sport to the world <laughs> and that you <laughs> suffer in silence and private. I don't really think it's in silence. Um, also, well, it's in private, head- at least. I'm I'm using some older headphones, so I I apologize if I'm if I'm out of line. But you sound a little muffled. Are you are you under the weather? Or are you not using your your normal mic? No, no, all of that is uh, not true. Okay, so it's probably just these old cans. I apologize. Yeah, probably your headphones. I'm, I'm, yeah, it could be my headphones. No, they're called cans in the business stuff. Oh, oh, are they cans? Do they are they large over the ear headphones? Not even for a second, Tom. Not then they're even for not a cans. No, no, they're cans. No, no. <laughs> Listen, just let me have this one, all right? Just, you don't want to let this go. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> Not happening. Um, in case you're uh, keeping score at home, we're recording this on the morning of Sunday, November 26th, 2017. The end of Thanksgiving weekend. No. Oh. I got to go to work tomorrow, Tom. Yeah. Not excited. I know. Not excited. I know. But do you have to be at work at 4 a.m., sir? No, no. I will have to be up at 5, but that's just part of our everyday you know, routine where I wake up with my wife and feed the cats. And then I do get to go back to sleep. So that's nice. But only for an hour, you know, I suffer with you, Tom. Oh, yes. Yes. Up at 5. I, I'm up at 3. Actually, 2.30. <laughs> 2.30? Yeah, 2.30. Okay, don't bother doing the math. It just I have to get up at 2.30 to be at work at 4. That's how it works. All right. Well, well good. And uh, I actually I figured out what the uh, issue was with my cans over here, Tom. I, I, got, I got to the bottom of it while you were figuring out your math. <laughs> oh, yeah? You had to go away and play with your cans for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I played with my cans in the bathroom as normal. And then I came back and I realized that it was my, my internet, my, my ah. Wi-Fi. Yeah, which is currently running a... A really difficult process of streaming Netflix, talking to you, and then my wife is probably checking her Facebook downstairs, uh, and that was just that was just too much. To well, that's a, that's a fair amount of bandwidth there. Is it? Is it really? It's. I mean, it's it's a fair amount. I wouldn't say it's excessive, but it's fair. <laughs> it's fair to middling. I'll say that. <laughs> well, well, I'm on the LTE now, which means I'm going to get charged out the ass. For yeah, it that's point. good. <laughs> Yeah, maybe know, maybe they'll start throttling you in the middle of this, and then uh, you'll just slow can, down entirely. Can they throttle LTE? Is that throttleable? I didn't know that. Was if you have, if throttled. you don't have, yeah, absolutely, it is your data. Uh, yeah, it can uh, be throttled. If well, it depends. Like it depends on the kind of plan you have. Like if you have one of the unlimited data plans, if you go over a certain amount during the month, they throttle you. Right. Well, no, I have unlimited until a point and then they just charge me more oh oh that sucks isn't that great what service provider is that 
this is like an ancient AT&T plan that my dad got me on. Oh, I'm still technically under my dad's name, there it is. which is insane. But that's just how it is for a lot of people. I pay my own bill. These are my own phones and everything. But if I want to make any changes, it's my dad's contract. So I don't know how to get out from under it because like the three times I've tried it, they're like, oh, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Like you're just no, not sorry. allowed. No, you can't. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Well, if I had it my way, I would just leave AT&T, which actually, if I'm honest, has been a perfectly reasonable service. But I would just leave and go to like one of the local Orlando market ones because I'm never really out of the state. So I don't care. So I'd go like cricket or something just to save money. You yeah, know? but you wouldn't be able to use an iPhone then. Well, there's one isn't like Virgin, no. like really cheap. And I don't know about Virgin. Does Virgin still do that? I don't know. But I know there's a lot well, of like, it's like T-Mobile. Yeah, exactly. Team, that's a good one. T-Mobile, T-Mobile has can, iPhones. I mean, and, and they're I, local. And yeah. yeah, I've had Sprint for a long time and, and never really had a big issue. Well, well like I, said, I don't I, have to I, deal with them, though. My wife calls them. So. Well, I, so I don't have a problem with AT&T. They've actually been more than fair with me. It's just I don't know how to like get my own contract. But anyway, you don't know how to get your own contract. Because, again, I'm 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 <laughs> under I'm under my dad's I under my dad's thing. So like it would take like uh, you got to like, I don't know, you, you have to take this coin and you have to bring it to Cerberus and then you got to go up the river sticks and then you got to find, you know, Sisyphus somebody with the other say, half of this golden amulet. Oh, and, and then and then if you're not in the right room when the sun is shining directly on the amulet, you won't know how to sign the paperwork and uh it's just it's such a to-do. <laughs> wow well we're gonna put a pin in that because <laughs> i have so many questions <laughs> i don't even know where to begin um so we'll we'll, we'll move aside and dump, jump into the world of sports here how's that all right fine i would say it makes more sense than your cell phone issues but it really doesn't especially when we're discussing college football uh, college football, the season of <laughs> who is it that we're just going to let play for the national title? Right. So, so basically, um, you know, as we know, uh, as you and I know, because we took years off of our life witnessing it, UCF maintained its undefeated season by beating rival USF on Black Friday in a <laughs> in the easiest of fashion. Uh, you know, a lot of people... Um, who are not fans of either team, are calling this the greatest college football game of the year and one of the best ever. I could see how an observer from afar would say that. (laughs) I would call it one of the most harrowing experiences of my life, um, given that the lead changed no less than, what, four times in the fourth quarter and three times in the last seven minutes? Uh, There was three touchdowns in 53 seconds. Yeah. 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 Um, UCF managed to win by a touchdown, um, sealing it on a fumble by uh, USF tight end as USF was driving to tie the game uh, with less than a minute to go. Because they absolutely were going to do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, look, their quarterback threw for 500 yards and ran for another 150. Like... (laughs) I mean, uh, let let's let's be, be fair here. There was no way they weren't going to score. <laughs> of course, the way that game was going, we probably would have run back the next kickoff for a touchdown as well. So, who knows? Who really knows? I mean, you and uh, I were texting during this, and it was like, yes. 
You're like, why Why didn't he, you know, when they scored the touchdown on the uh, that little screen pass late in the fourth quarter to pull ahead by eight, uh, yes. you were like, why didn't he take a knee at the one? There's a lot of time left on the clock. And I'm like, well, like they have to get a two-point conversion now just to tie. <laughs> and you're like, that's true. Yeah, the best they could do is tie. And what happens, like three plays later, USF tie uh, scores a touchdown. And then... We're like, all right, well, it looks like they're going to miss the two-point conversion because, you know, everybody's covered and and they're going to eventually get to, oh, my God, there's a guy wide open in the back of the end zone on the opposite side of the field, and they get the two-point conversion. He was so open, he had ordered a hot dog and well, was putting relish on it when the ball the thing, was in Here's the thing, though. He was so open because the quarter, like, the play went on for 35 minutes. Like, it, <laughs> it was like, it was, everybody's just running in circles on one side of the field, and he's like, I'm just going to go over here and catch my breath and maybe they'll throw it to me. Um, Opens up a lounge chair. Yeah. Starts sipping on a Mai Tai. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was literally like he had, he had all day. Um, Now, part of that is because uh, the USF players are uh, handsier than Al Franken. Let's go with that. The USF offensive line is handsier than Al Franken and uh, was holding UCF all freaking day. And the referees just decided they weren't going to call holding today. They just they were like, this one is out of the rule book today. We're not going to call that penalty. I think there was all of like three holding penalties on either team. And UCF got away with some big holds uh, downfield. And then the way that they were calling holding on the line, it was impossible for them to throw the flag because. When a UCF player would, you know, UCF is much faster than USF, uh, just player wise in most cases. Um, so the, the down linemen, they would, you know, they'd hike the ball. Um, one of the linebackers or one of the linemen would do sort of a, a bull run or a, 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 or a you know, a, a twist or something and go around the offensive lineman. So the offensive lineman, you just see UCF players shoulder pads just wrenching from behind, which is usually a strong indication that someone is being held. Yeah. In fact, many what, referees will tell you that is the thing they look for when they're trying to call holding. Is that they'll let guys grab handfuls as long as they're close and engaged. But when someone pulls away and they see jersey or pad not go with them, then they throw the flag for holding. In this case, no. No need. No, no need. No no need. No need. We're we're going to let them play. We're just going to let them play. So uh, for a lot of that, that was us pulling our hair out about UCF not, you know, about the the, the Bulls not getting called for holding. Right, because then, without these holding calls, like the quarterback did have all day to throw. And so mm-hmm. that, that tight end with the beer gut bigger than mine managed to get 250 receiving yards because eventually he managed to slip past the defense because the linebacker had to cover him for 35 minutes. So you had that was a real and and apparently uh, this is something that we didn't discuss pre-show, but it's something I picked up on just in the last couple of hours. Um, Evidently, the officiating crews for the American conference are just awful. (laughs) Um, See, I hadn't noticed it before, but that's because we've been blowing out almost every team in the conference. So, well, I'm specifically speaking of um, what happened to Tulane this weekend. Oh, what Um, happened? I'm not aware. So they had first and goal essentially from the one and then they couldn't get in. And apparently the guy was in like three or four times and the refs blew the call every single time. Wow. So 
a lot of UCF fans were just sort of happenstantially on the American page and were noticing that the referees for that game, which was, I think, SMU and um, Tulane, Tulane, Mm -hmm. were just terrible. So maybe it's a problem with the ref, you know, these these referees or or something. Um, But, yeah, it was it's apparently becoming an issue. So I, I would look it up. Um, but that wasn't the only college football game this interminably long Thanksgiving weekend. No, no, uh, there were others. Uh, earlier on Black Friday, you had Miami undefeated number two Miami lose to Pitt, unranked Pitt on the road. Um, and then you had uh, the Iron Bowl on Saturday where Auburn beat Alabama in a game that was not as close as the score indicated. Alabama didn't really play well. Um, no, I watched a lot of that game. It was um, it was bizarre how poor Alabama played. Honestly, uh, they just didn't like. This is the dominant number one team, and they couldn't put anything together. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of it was strange. I'll agree with you. Uh, the, the little bit that I watched, it was odd to see them come out so flat. Um, and then of course after the game, even though they're not going to the conference championship game, Nick Saban thinks they should be in the college football playoff. Uh, okay, so here's <laughs> here's where I actually agree with Nick Saban. He's right uh, in that regard. Just, but hear me out. Okay, okay. He's he's right, but also that's not how this works. I do think that if you're going to have a playoff system, that Alabama deserves to be in the playoff. But what we have is not a playoff system. It's nowhere near what you would refer to as a playoff system. No, what we have it's more is like a, a beauty pageant. It's a beauty pageant, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's the committee has a bunch of resumes on a table, and they're like, "Oh, this one's on purple paper. We're gonna pick that one, and you get in." And this so one's me, scented, so you're gonna get in. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like looking at the situation as it is, as as you see it. Yeah. Do you really truly believe that Alabama should not be a part? Of this playoff system, uh, of the current playoff system, like no, 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 right. no, not of the current oh, of, playoff of a Just... playoff for the college football national championship, right? Yeah, no, they definitely ought to be. Like, if you okay, if you look at it like this, the best teams in the country should go play for the like championship. Then mm-hmm. yes, Alabama is one of the best teams in the country. They have one loss. They've dominated pretty much every game they've played. Um, yeah, they should be in the mix, but we have a four team quote unquote playoff that is chosen by committee. Uh, and we have five power conferences. So I don't even understand how that works where you have, you have five conferences that you say, okay, these are the most powerful conferences. But one of the teams that wins one of those conferences is just not ever going to get into the playoff, ever. No matter what happens. No matter one what happens. One, yeah, conference one conference is going to get shut out every year. And, and that's, that's a given going in. Not to mention the other five conferences that the committee deems less than, their champions never have a shot. Right. So there's only four that are getting a shot. Now, we're going to call five of them the Power Five, and that's who we're picking from. And sometimes not even all five, get, all four of the five get represented. True. Because we're going to have two from the same. True. So we say that to say this, 
because it's it's looking it, basically now you have the conference championship games next weekend. Um, there are only two remaining unbeaten teams in the nation. That is Wisconsin and UCF. Uh, Wisconsin will play for the Big Ten championship next weekend. I don't even know who they're playing. Are they playing Ohio State? No, maybe. No, know. wait. I don't actually know. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm actually gonna look know. it up real fast here, but uh, it's. Anyway, in the SEC, you have Auburn playing Georgia. Now, Auburn has two losses. Uh, one of them is to... Did they beat Georgia? They beat Georgia. Or look, they beat Georgia's... number one Georgia, and they beat number one uh, Alabama. Right. Well, Georgia's only loss this year is to Auburn. So Georgia's 11-1, and one, and they're going to have a rematch against Auburn for the SEC title. Um, the winner of that is going to the playoff. No question. Right. Well, actually, there is a question because Auburn with two losses might not get into the playoff. And and if, even if though they judging, won the SEC, which is one of the Power Five conferences. But if we're again, like that's what I hate about the way that they're doing this, because like you said, it's a beauty pageant. It's it's whose roses smell the prettiest. It's all this crap. If you're if you're trying to determine who the best college fo- you don't have a way of determining who the best college football team is. You have a way of determining who the best team out of the four you've picked are. Right. But right. that's really it. Right. And it, it was correct. Wisconsin's playing two-loss Ohio State for the Big Ten title next week. So A really unimpressive two-loss Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, their loss to Iowa was, I mean, they got beat by 30 points. Like, it wasn't even close. So you've got you've got a a two loss potentially. Okay, let's assume Wisconsin wins out because they deserve. All right, so Wisconsin's the, the in then because they're an undefeated Big Ten champion. They're in. They have to get it. They they're have in. To. There's no denying them. Now in the ACC, you have Miami and Clemson who each have one loss. The winner that winner is going into the playoff. A one loss ACC champions going in. Seems reasonable. Uh, that's it's just going to happen. And then you've got in the Pac-12. You Nothing. have <laughs> Stan. No, not Stan. What is Stanford? And, yeah, Stanford and USC. Now, did Stanford did Stanford beat Stanford um, Notre beat Dame Notre last Dame, night? Dame last watch. night? Yeah, Stanford beat Notre Dame last night. They're nine and okay. three. So three lost Stanford. Stanford beats USC. They're not getting in. Now USC is ten and two. USC wins. They might get in. That sounds terrible. Right, and now look at the Big 12. The Big 12 doesn't have 12 teams, so they're technically not allowed to have a title game, but they're having one uh, to make their conference look better for the playoff. So TCU, who has uh, three losses, two losses, I'm sorry, is playing Oklahoma, who has one loss. So let's say, just for sake of argument, you have Stanford, TCU, and Auburn win the Pac-12, Big 12, and SEC, respectively. So now you have three, you have two two-loss conference champions and a three-loss conference champion. And then you have one-loss Alabama sitting out there. And undefeated UCF. Because let's well for the sake of argument, let's say UCF beats number twenty Memphis 
for the probably, American Memphis title. is probably going to move up in rank too. So it's probably going to be like yeah, number because Memphis won this thirteen week. versus number like seventeen, right? And like Memphis, Memphis has only one loss this year, and it's to UCF. <laughs> That's it. So it's not like Memphis is a bad football team. So well, then I know the what happens? You're to make. Like what happens uh, there? Like you've got well. Alabama doesn't win its conference, doesn't even win its division, but has a better record than some of the conference champions. UCF, undefeated, wins its conference, won't get in, period. It's just not happening. No matter how much chaos happens up top, UCF's not getting in. The The committee's basically come out and said that without saying it outright. They're basically well, when, saying it's not happening. Like yeah, they, I mean, they, they put they three loss Mississippi State ahead of UCF. But more to the point, UCF hasn't moved from 15 in three weeks, and all they've done is win. Correct, correct. I mean, they'll move this week because three loss Mississippi State finally lost a fourth game. But if Michigan sure? had beaten Are you Ohio sure State, just going to leapfrog UCF right to. 15? Well, that's the thing. If Michigan, Michigan has four law, lo- well, had three losses. Had they beaten Ohio State this weekend, which they almost did, they probably would have leapfrogged over UCF. Of course, that an unranked, happen. unranked Michigan. Yeah, well, no, no, Michigan was twenty-four. Oh well, whatever. But here's the thing, and like Stanford. Stanford has three losses, but because they beat Notre Dame, who's number eight, they're going to go ahead of UCF because they play <laughs> in the Pac-12. I have, a, I have a weird fear that UCF will actually fall places. Not go up, but go down. Because they beat USF, who was not ranked in the playoff ranking system. And so many of your, of your darling teams... Your Notre Dames, your USC's, your um, Ohio State's, your Alabama's are all, you know, pussing all over themselves. So I if if I had it my way, I would put Wisconsin at number one for right now anyway. Yeah, they're uh, undefeated. Uh, they're undefeated. They were, and they're in they're a power undefeated. five conference. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I would actually uh, this is not a Homer talking. This is just honest opinion. I would put UCF ahead of any two-loss team, period. Yeah. And then behind the Power 5-1 loss teams. I'd put them at like six. All right, so you're looking at then, so your top four is Wisconsin, yep. Alabama, who has one loss, Clemson, one loss, Miami, one loss, uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma for sure. Yep, They're that would one be loss five. team. Um, that would be one Oklahoma in for my opinion, Oklahoma's in the top four right now. And we didn't get Georgia. So Georgia's six. So you'd have UCF okay. seven. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I mean, don't believe yeah, I don't believe I would. UCF would get in. I don't believe UCF would get in. But look at but it I like want this. them to be on the doorstep. That's the I thing. want them to be near. And if they're near, if they're near next week, okay. And some of those one-loss teams lose, and they win. Why should they not be there? I have no argument. For like you. if you're, First of all, no one does. There's no logical yeah. argument to say an undefeated team should not be playing for a shot at the national title. A shot. 
Like, look, put them in the 14 playoff. If they lose in the semifinal, then what? Okay, they got beat by somebody that should have beat them. Then there's no argument. But at the end of the year, if what happens is you have a one-loss team winning the national championship and you have undefeated UCF still sitting there as the last unbeaten team, the only unbeaten team, you're going to have controversy. You just are. And and for the record, UCF has gone on the road. They've gone out of conference. They, you know, people say, well, look at Maryland. They're not that good. Yeah, but you're also saying, who just... Somebody shellacked Maryland this weekend by like 40 points. Yeah, but Maryland's on their fifth quarterback of the year. But, but no, no, my point being, though, is that people are looking at a team that beat Maryland by 40 in one of the in one of the power five. Well, look at that. That's a signature win. But UCF right. can't have that same argument. No, and they did it on the road, shellacked Maryland on the road yes. when Maryland was only on their second quarterback. <laughs> like Maryland was still good when they played and beat the crap out of Maryland. I think they were undefeated at the time. Uh, I think they were like 4-0 or 4-1. and I don't remember, but they beat the crap out of them. And... I'm trying to think of their other out-of-conference wins here. Well, Austin P, which doesn't yeah, count. Austin P doesn't count. But, you know, people will say, oh, well, UCF has a win over Austin P. Didn't, like, Alabama just beat, like, Mercer. like Quantico they or something? They beat Mercer last week. Huh? They beat Mercer last week, Mercer, Alabama. Like, it's everybody plays one of those teams. Now, granted, UCF wasn't going to play that team. They were supposed to play Georgia Tech. Right. And that game got canceled because of the hurricane. If now and Georgia Tech refused to make it up. Well, Georgia Tech couldn't know. make it up. There was no, now they I, had no room in the schedule. Bullshit. Uh, maybe. It very well may be bullshit. Because they probably <laughs> took, at that point, they probably looked at UCF and were like, nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that. Now, granted, UCF had to get a special waiver from the NCAA just to schedule a new game to replace it. The NCAA has rules against scheduling a game midseason like that. Um, so it was a whole, I mean, it was a weird circumstance. But if UCF had played Georgia Tech and beaten Georgia Tech, now you've got two wins over Power 5 schools. And I'm trying to think of who the other out-of-conference opponents were. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, though, Tom. To me, it doesn't matter. We can, we can go back and forth about this. <clears throat> For a lot longer than we already have, and it wouldn't matter anyway, because no matter what happens, UCF is is getting the 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 shit end of the stick, and there's no way around it. it it's just it's going to be the case that the that some school is always going to be left out, as we said, and some schools are are never going to be allowed in. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, they only played three out of conference games. FIU. Maryland and Austin P. So they never got back that fourth out of conference game that they were supposed to have against Georgia Tech. Austin P replaced the Maine game. They were supposed to play Maine, who's also one double A opponent. It, it it wouldn't matter. Even if they beat Georgia no, Tech. If they it had beaten matter. Georgia Tech, yeah, it probably they'd be maybe a one spot higher. Because Georgia well, Tech no, ended because... up not being very good. 
Well, more to the point, they would they would just say, oh, well, they beat a weak Georgia Tech team. So who, what does it matter? Right. Just like they're saying about Maryland. Exactly. It's it's so much easier to just say, well, this is why it doesn't matter. And then to not come up with an excuse like, oh, well, it just doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Your team's terrible. But we're not. You don't know. We don't no. know. We'll never know. And in fact, after that USF game, uh, Danny Cannell, who uh, was as a former Florida State quarterback, a college football analyst for ESPN and a mediocre journeyman quarterback in the NFL, um, tweeted, UCF can play with anybody in the nation, period, anybody, period. And he's right. They can play with these other teams. Can they beat them? Don't know. Don't know. But I'll tell you what, UCF has looked a lot better than Alabama looked against Auburn yesterday. And it's looking like if should UCF win against Memphis next week, they're going to the Peach Bowl. And should Auburn, they're going to probably play Auburn or Georgia in the Peach Bowl. So they're going to get their shot at one of these Power 5 teams, which is why I'm saying if, if UCF is matter. sitting there undefeated at the end of the year, you're yeah, going to have people saying well, they should have played for the title. No, because what's going to happen if UCF is able to win next week and then go to the Peach Bowl and beat Auburn or, or Georgia, it won't matter. Because people will just say, oh, well, Auburn and Georgia weren't playing for anything. So that's why UCF won. It's uh, always going to be the yeah, but. And the reason why it's always going to be the yeah, but is because the NCAA runs college football. They are the cartel. And no matter what happens, they have to end up with these power five teams handpicked to produce the best outcomes or whatever it is you want. And it's just until we get to a true playoff system, we're never going to know who the best team in the country is. And it's never going to happen because this, the, the glorification of the bowl is so important to me. It's the, it's the money. It's the university yeah. presidents and the conference affiliations with these bowl games. If you if you take more of the bowl games and make them part of the playoff, you lose some of these conference affiliations, which means these schools that get end up with four or five losses don't get their million dollar payout at the end of the year. I mean, you have an FSU team that after beating Florida yesterday is hunting around for another win against some team next week. I don't know. Another Austin P. And they're probably going to go to, you know, a Florida bowl game. Yeah. Like, uh, they'll probably go to the, the Cure Bowl. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if the Cure Bowl has an ACC affiliation, but it will be something of that caliber. It will be right. a POS bowl game. And they're going to go because they draw. So whoever runs the bowl will sell tickets. And FSU will get a payout of you know, we, several hundred thousand dollars. Are we going to see any five-win teams in, in bowl games this year? We might. There's a hell of a lot of bowl games. So it's happened. It's happened several times where you've had teams with losing records in bowl games. Uh, the last few years, it's happened. Um, and my point on that is bowl games mean nothing. They don't. They not, they, they're yeah. only there for money. They're there for money for these schools. That's it. And for their sponsors and all of that crap. It's, it's ridiculous. All right, Tom. I'm right. done talking so, about college Well, we have, we have the other thing that's hanging over this, which is the other reason UCF is in the national news. 
And that is because oh, uh, no, 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 no. It's because their it. coach stop Scott Frost no, no, stop. is the hottest coaching candidate in the country. Everybody wants him. Everybody wants him, except I guess UCLA, who hired Chip Kelly. But there are openings at Florida and Tennessee and Nebraska and Arkansas, and uh, I'm probably forgetting a few, but. Florida, if you believe the rumors, had people in town this weekend to talk to Scott Frost's people about their coaching job. Um, Nebraska fired their head coach, Mike Riley, who uh, by all accounts is one of the nicest guys in college football, uh, yesterday. And immediately in the news conference when asked, the AD said, of course he's considering Scott Frost because... Frost is from Nebraska and was a Nebraska quarterback who won a national championship. Um, I'm sure Tennessee and Arkansas want him too, but they're not going to get him. It's basically, is he going to Florida? Is he going to Nebraska? Or is he staying at UCF? That is the big question. Uh, as much as I would love for him to stay, there's no reason. Is there? There's no, no reason. I mean, I, no. look at it like this. Okay, he's making a million five at UCF right now. UCF will probably, if he stays, they'll probably be able to get him to two and a half and give him a pretty big, pretty big extension. And they'll be able to give him more money for his assistance. Which is something he's already expressed that he wants because he gave up some of his own salary this year to help give his assistance raises. Um, Florida can probably get him in the three and a half to five range. Nebraska, the rumor is Nebraska, they're, they want to offer him uh, seven years, 35, which is five million a year. <laughs> oh yeah, five million a year to coach at Nebraska. Um, it seems like it's not really all about the money for him because he's given up some of his own salary to pay his assistants. So... What is it about? Is it is Scott, he... uh, uh, here, Here's what. Listen, listen. All of what you just said counts, but the real. Uh, why do you get it? Why would you get into coaching, Tom? Um, a lot of reasons, but one of them is you want to see if you can beat the best. Right. You want to win a national championship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where is he not ever going to win a national championship? No, I wouldn't say not ever, but probably not in the next couple of years. And that's UCF. Right. So how long, I mean, he could have a 40-year coaching career. There's no, or, or a 20-year or a 30-year. That's not unbelievable. He's a very young guy. He's only, what, in his early 40s? Yeah, he's 42. Yeah. So he could easily have a 30-year coaching career without any real stretch, right? Sure. Do you want to win when you're 60 or do you want to win now? Well, and that's the thing. And here's, here's why I don't even think Nebraska is a consideration unless he's really, really wanting to go home. Right. Because Nebraska is not the job it was 15 years ago. Um, Nebraska is not the job it was when he was a student there. Nebraska is a second-tier Big Ten school. They don't have the kind of boosters that they once had. They don't have the cachet they once had. So it's really, really hard to get 18-year-old kids to want to go to Lincoln, Nebraska for college. 
Whereas in the past, it may have been easier because it's, you know, the pedigree of Cornhusker football and Tom Osborne and kids now don't don't give a shit who Tom Osborne was. Whereas Florida is a different animal. Florida is in the heart of fertile recruiting territory. Florida is a top-tier SEC school. Well, it's a top-tier SEC program, even though it's not a top-tier team this year. Um, there's money. There's boosters. It's got, it's got all of the things. That is one of those jobs that people call a destination job. Although for Urban Meyer, apparently it wasn't. Um, it was it was a destination job until he started losing. Then his heart yeah, gave right, out until him. until he saw that Tim Tebow was leaving. <laughs> um, and that is that is another another reason why I could see Frost staying at UCF for another year. Um, until until his boy graduates. Well, that's the thing. He's got the kids he recruited have two more years at UCF. Okay, so Mackenzie Milton is a finalist for several of the national awards this year and could be a Heisman contender next year, year after the way he plays, as long as he's healthy in that system. Um, Florida, the cupboard is bare at Florida. Jim McElwain, it has a pro it's a program in shambles. Frost is going to now granted it's Florida. So you can reload quickly there. Because it's uh, yeah, we were an zero and twelve squad before he showed up. True, but that's the thing. So he's already proven that he can recruit here at UCF and win here at UCF. UCF is a program on the rise. The alumni are younger, so they're they're aging into donating. And it's a question I, of I does. Know, here's the thing, and I I I do you. It's a matter of who does he want to be. Do you want to be the next guy? Because any coach at Florida is never going to outshine Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier's got the statue on campus. Steve Spurrier was a player there, won the Heisman there. He's Mr. UF. He's still getting a paycheck from the athletic department. In fact, he was at the UCF-USF game on Friday. Wearing his Florida stuff, probably here to talk to Frost or Frost's people. Um, you're ne- no coach is ever going to outshine him at UF. <clears throat> you go to Nebraska, same thing. You get the cachet of, of, for a little while of hometown boys coming here to do good. Our guy comes home, whatever, right? How long did that last for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan? Anybody talking, about, anybody talking about Jim Harbaugh anymore? Well, he's not winning, so right. not really. Right. So he didn't. He's that, zero and four in, in the game. Well, so that's the thing. So he's probably on the hot seat next year. It's not like they're going to have a very long leash for him at Nebraska either. And sorry, but you're recruiting against Ohio State and Michigan and Wisconsin, who's been very good the last several years. That is, it's not easy to recruit at Nebraska and win in the Big Ten. It just isn't. Right, but I, and and I'm hearing all this, but it sounds a lot to me like you're looking for, you know, re, this is why he should stay, but he's not going to eh. because no matter how many times you slice that pie, you no know, how how many times you show him this is a better option, the final coffin nail is 
the team is about to go undefeated without any opportunity to even be considered for a national title. That's the end of the story. Maybe not. I think he, no, I'm serious. I think he stays one more year. I think he stays one more year thinking that one of the big, big jobs is going to open. And by what's big, a big, big job? Big, big jobs are the USC, Notre Dame, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson type jobs. But for the exact same reasons you just mentioned, he might not leave. Or he might not want those jobs because then he's the next Nick Saban or he's got to go. But you that's know, figure the thing. Out what's... So so if he doesn't want to be the next blah, 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 then UCF is the place to be. Right, no, no, but what I'm saying is that that that's all right. Well, look, I don't think he's staying. I think it's very obvious he's not staying. I think that the reason he's not staying is because the cartel does not want UCF in their little playpen because the American conference is not the Big East. And they're getting punished for reasons. All of that, I, I think, is a reason why he's gone. And and I think listen, you might be right. I think the odds are in, in favor of him leaving. I think the odds are long against him staying. But it's not as slam dunk as fans of Florida and Nebraska like to think. That's all I'm saying. It's not a, I don't think it's a slam dunk given lock. That he's gone. All right. That's all. That's all I'm saying. It's I think it's likely, but I don't think it's a lock. Anyway, let's move on. We'll briefly uh talk about some basketball here. Rick, once again, Nostradamus is correct. Thank you. The Please only thing explain. I value in this world. Yes, I know. Being right is more important than anything for you. That's right. Correct. Which and is, which is another 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 piece of evidence in the case for your wife's sainthood. Um, well, when it comes to her, I'm never right, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but explain why you were correct this time. So many moons ago, on this very show, I uh, read a story about Derrick Rose's knee blowing out. And um, he couldn't get off the bench at Chicago. He j the doctors had told him he was fine. He was ready to play. And he decided he needed more time for reasons that he wouldn't explain. And I said, listen, dude, I know what you're going through. The fact is you're done. Whether you want to admit it or not, this is how the rainbow ends for you. It's over. Well, he got traded to the Cavs to go play with the LeBron. Well, well you, missed, when you missed his, his year or two in New York with the Knicks. No, I, I did not. Miss <laughs> I glossed over them as everyone else did. Hashtag <laughs> New York super team. Yes, yes. Hashtag indeed. And while playing for the LeBrons, he once again tweaked his ankle and got a little hurt. He's not it's not a career ender or anything like that, but he's nicked up again. And he's been on the bench sitting there in his nice suit for like, what, two weeks now? Uh, Something like that. Yeah. And it's finally all gotten to be too much. And he had to have that hard look in the mirror and realize that his body is failing him at a very young age. And this may be the curtain call that he didn't want to have to take this early in his career. And he has gone on a uh, mental fitness sabbatical yeah. away from the team. Yeah, he's taking some personal leave. To go reevaluate his career options. Now, I'm right. 
very excited that I'm right. I'm also very sad that I'm right because I know that kind of anguish that I want to keep doing this. I'm smart enough. I'm capable enough. But my body is failing me. I know that pain. And that is I, I don't even know how to explain that in a way that you could understand if you haven't experienced that kind of physical fatigue where you aren't doing anything wrong and your body just won't do what you're asking of it. it it's it's heartbreaking. It is. It is. And this is a guy who was one of the best in the NBA. I mean, he was yep. MVP. It looked like he was on a, on his way to a Hall of Fame career. And, you know, getting into the playoffs in 2012, he tears his ACL, and it's just been downhill for him ever since. Um, I think he hangs it up. He's only played in seven games this year. Um, being hurt does take its toll on you, especially mentally, and it looks like that's what's happening here. There are rumors that he nearly walked away last year. He went AWOL for a game with the Knicks and uh, got fined for an unexcused absence and that they there was talk then that he may be retiring. Um, it looks by all accounts that that's what's happening now, that he's going to go away and he's going to come back and he's going to hang it up. I can't say I that I blame him. It's sad. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. sad, but if I were in his shoes, I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. It's not like he needs the money. Well, this is also the guy who was famous for saying that, you know, he wants to think about walking into boardrooms. Right, and- right. We talked about that on this show. Yep. So, I mean, you know, it already has been in the back of his mind at some point. Exactly. That's exactly my point. When you're already thinking about, well, am I going to be able to walk in 20 years? That means your brain is not focused, laser focused on the task at hand. and that's the difference between guys like LeBron and Michael and guys like Derrick Rose. If if LeBron tore his ACL, look at look at look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady shredded his ACL in the opening game of uh, a, a opening day game. What four years ago? Five years ago? Uh, longer than that now. Okay. He at that point was still Tom Brady. He was not quite the legend, but he was a very 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 good quarterback with two or three Super Bowl appearances and maybe even wins at that point. I can't remember. But he had at he least had two a, rings at that point. Maybe three. He could have he could have easily hung him up and said, My knee is, you know, gone. I'm not going to risk it any further. And everyone would have been like, well, that's a shame, but I get it. But he didn't do that. It never was in his mind for a moment that this is how his career ends. Not even for a second. True. And that's the difference. I, well, I also think, I mean, it's a little apples and oranges because Brady hasn't been hurt since. Rose, right, right. Rose had one injury and then another and then another and then another and then another. It's not quite the same thing. But well, what there this, isn't. it does show that, I mean, he's been considering that his body may be failing him for a while now, a couple of years. Well, it also tells me that there there is... There's no way to there's no way to qualify this, but there is a little bit of truth in the idea that if you are thinking it, bad things can happen. If it's sort of like, you know, you're predicting your future. So it happens like uh, what is it? A self-fulfilling prophecy. That's yeah, what maybe maybe there's some of that here. It's hard, hard to know without knowing the exact nature of his injuries. Um, well, Obviously, we wish him 
you know, the best. Yeah, but he of course. Needs to remember to get the help that he's going to need going forward because this is a hell of a mental burden, and I hope it doesn't weigh too hardly on, uh, too heavy on him forever. Right, and that's the thing. You don't want somebody to have. Uh, you don't want him to end his career with regrets. And I mean, every athlete ends their career with regrets, but hopefully he figures out whatever is the best thing for him and his family and he gets healthy and, and does whatever it is he wants to do. <laughs> it's true. If he wants to keep playing, good. Keep playing. If, if your heart's in it and you want to keep playing, I don't have a problem with him keep like continuing to try to play. Um, he won't be the guy he used to be, and he may not be valuable to anybody in terms of on the court, but who's to say he should hang it up if he still wants to? But well, that's what the I question think, is, I, it's a question of desire now. Does he want to continue to be hurt a third of every season? Well, I want to know is, will he start his own uh, franchise league with guys like Chuck Knobloch and Vince Young? And RG3. Ah. I have no idea how to respond to that. (laughs) That's a lot of references. That's a lot of references. It's a lot there. Uh, Yeah, I have no idea how to respond to that. I mean, like Jay Williams could be part of that league. (laughs) There's another good one. There's another good one. Um, Dante Culpepper. No. No. Dude. Dude. No. Dante no. shredded all three of his knee ligaments and then no. went away. No. Yeah. Yeah. Who was that guy for the, who was the running back for Denver who blew out both knees in one play? Um, oh, I don't remember. It wasn't Mike Anderson, was it? No, no. Well, no, it might've been. It might've, I think it was an Anderson. I don't know. They have so many. The Anderson had a lot of, of Denver. Andersons. Yeah. Oh, Kevin Cobb. Kevin Cobb could be part of that league. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say the Anderson, it, like if you're a running back named Anderson in Denver, it's like you're a pro wrestler named Anderson, period. Like there's just a never ending supply of the Andersons in both of those worlds. True. Very true. Very true. And and that seems like a good enough segue to mentioning fake sports to talk yeah. about our fantasy league. That's right. It's time to update our fantasy football league, the League of Jerks. And uh, we've had some movement the last few weeks because some of the top guys have been losing. Um, that has vaulted me into second place in the league. Uh, somehow. Somehow. I have, I have the same record as teams three and four, but I've scored way more points and beaten both of them head-to-head uh, after my win over Squatch last week. Um, now, what we need to mention, though, is two weeks ago when Rick and I faced off for the only time this season, and Rick won by yes. a point and a half, two points, something like that. It was it very was so close. close. It, it was, was so close, close that I benched my last player in order to solidify the game. Is that what you did? Yes. You cocksucker. <laughs> I was I like, one- I looked at it. I'm like, Rick played a suspended guy. I'm like, did, is he really doing that? Like, I, I'm not going to tell him. I, I just thought you made a mistake. No, no, no. It was it was Sunday night. The games were all over. It was Monday morning, even, I think. And I was up by the point margin that I won by. I won by, you know, like, I think two points, if not a little less. And there was a 97% chance that I would win. But there was a 3% chance that I could lose because my running back could fumble 
or any number of things. So I simply moved him out of my starting lineup and replaced him with a no game. And then the percentage of me winning moved up to 100%, and that was it. That is the cheapest effing move ever. <laughs> Did I win? Yeah, but that, I mean, that's kind of cheating. It's a little <laughs> bit cheating. How is that cheating? That's, that's winning, Tom. That no. is how you win. Okay, first of all, Rick Pitino, there is such <laughs> a thing as cheating, okay? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't log into your name and change your team around. I didn't bench oh, your starters. I'm complaining to the things. commissioner, which is me. And <laughs> I'm going to have to, there's going to be a full investigation. <laughs> I welcome it. I welcome the <laughs> ethics investigation. Collusion. Collusion. <laughs> there's no collusion. I simply won. That's the end of it. Collusion. Anyway, you're still way behind me in the standings. So That's true, but it doesn't matter now. And, and you're way behind me in the standings because of, of well, a drubbing that you suffered last week at the hands of the coin. <sighs> Boy, did I. But you know what? Before we allow the coin its opportunity to shit talk me, and it has every right to, no denying it, I would like to say for the record, the coin did not beat me. I simply beat myself. How is that exactly? Well, I'll tell you, Tom. I love the Vikings. You know that. They're my team. They are my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To, you know, Rick is to Vikings as Tom is to Bucks, right? Right. So when I looked at the fact that um, Jared Goff and Sammy Watkins were going up to Minnesota to play the Vikings, I said to myself, okay, I could start the hot hand, which is Jared Goff, and Sammy Watkins, who in the last few games had combined for 40 points in the last like three games that I started them. But if I benched them, it would be admitting that the Vikings were good and that their defense was really strong. And I knew that if I benched them, that they would go for 80 points and I would lose. But I knew that if I started them, the Vikings would crush them and I would lose against the coin this week. So there was no win for me. It was either accept the fact that the Vikings are good or pretend that they're not good and accept the fact that I'm going to lose to the coin. See, so I had, I had to accept that one of those two things were going to happen. I'd rather have the Vikings win. Well, this is where I take issue with the you to the Vikings is me to the Bucks because I don't do that with the Bucks. If well, the Bucks are good, I admit they're good. If they're <laughs> bad, I admit they're bad. You you live like a scared cat. Like <laughs> like you just refuse to come out from under the couch until everyone is gone. That's it. It's like you you won't you will not admit the Vikings are good even if they're hoisting the Lombardi trophy in February. And you still will be hosts, like, you'll still be like, ah, they're going to find some way to take it away from us. That's it. It would have to be about a week later. And then I maybe, okay. maybe I think you'll wait until the following August. <laughs> That's what I think. So I, that I will tell you Listen, also, Tom, also, I only have one Buccaneer on my fantasy team so that I don't have to deal with that crap. Well, I don't have, I, I think I, my only I think my only Viking is the, is Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So like I didn't, I didn't draft Vikings specifically because of that. Um, I drafted them in other leagues, but not in this one, because even though this league is not worth it, like I've actually have a league where I'm, I'm 10 and one and I actually paid money to get in that league. It's the longest league I'm a part of. I never talk about it though. And I've got like four Vikings on there, but I'm not mentioning that. 
So, yes, if we could bring on the coin, he deserves to have an opportunity or it deserves to have an opportunity mm-hmm. to smack talk me. And we will I in lost. a moment. We'll get him in in a moment. But we also need to mention um, where Chris is in the standings right now. And right. Uh, Chris is near the bottom. Not the yes. bottom, though. Um, the coin, I think, is still at. Nope. Yeah, no, the coin's not at the bottom either. Chris is eight out of ten. Coin is nine. Um, Chris's tie against Quack uh, is what is saving him from being nine <laughs> at this point. Um, Ryan and the stick carriers are number 10. And uh, Ryan, I don't think, has been paying attention to his team very much because he's had a lot of uh, suspended guys in his starting lineup or empty spots in the lineup. And he's, Which he's is the funny. taco. He's the taco now. Well, you know what's funny is he made sure to beat me and then vanished off the face of the yeah, earth. So yeah, that was basically. Great. Which, you know, I... I can't blame him for that. Um, but the Albatross has been hot lately. He's ahead of you now in the standings. I told you. He's been on I a winning you. streak. Um, everybody's like, is he even trying? And, you know, it's working out for him now. Um, well, I'm remember, at the, start of the, at the start of the year, when I beat him, I, I looked over all the maths, and he was just getting unlucky. Like, he would score 120 points, and his opponent would score 121. Yeah. And, like, yeah, he, you got to look out because this guy's going to sneak into the playoffs. And he he's was crush the, he was the opposite side of the coin from Squatch because Squatch had a terrible team and was undefeated for a while. And now is the winter of his discontent. Yeah, <laughs> now it's coming back to earth for him. Um, but yeah, so we've got uh, it's it's going to come down to the wire. I mean, it's pretty interesting, and we're uh, we're getting we're a couple weeks away from the playoffs beginning. Um, we still need to decide what the uh, winner loser of the toilet bowl is going to have to do. That is embarrassing because that will have to happen. Um, well, uh, you know, let's get there first. Yeah. Let's find out who our participants will be. Yeah, and then we'll we'll worry about that. But then. we'll have a we'll have an offline discussion about that. So the coin, we're going to bring the coin in now. The coin has beaten both you and I, Rick. The coin has three yep. wins on the year. You, me, and Ryan, who's our last place team. Uh, the coin is playing Chris this week. So that should be interesting. <laughs> Chris right now, as we head into the Sunday games, is uh, expected to win, but we'll see. Because the coin has the Jags defense, and as you learned, the Jags defense has basically been carrying not only the Jaguars, but the coin this year as well. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, really good. They are really good. very, very, very good. Um, Alright, so at that We'll we'll welcome in the coin for his uninterrupted smack talk. Hi, coin. What's up, jerks? This is the coin. Did you hear that? I I heard it. I don't need to hear it again. Is that all he needed to say? Cool. Oh no 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 no. We're not done. Okay, coin. Uh, I know you've got a lot to say, so I'm just gonna give you the floor. Once again, I am back on this sorry excuse for a podcast. Seriously, what is this show? It's in the comedy section on iTunes, but it's not funny. It's also in the sports category, but there are whole episodes where you just talk about shitty superhero movies. It's like those fake lips made of wax that you see in the stores around Halloween. They say they're chewing gum, but they're not chewy, and they also taste like ass. Speaking of tasting ass, I am here because I beat Rick in fantasy football last week. I didn't just beat him, I tore through him like Harvey Weinstein had a casting call. 
Rick, I am a fucking coin. Why can't you become an animal object? Is there something wrong with you? Do you take a short bus to your job rolling silverware in the back of the red lobster? What is sorry excuse for a human you are? I bet every time you've ever been late, it's like the scene in Forrest Gump where Jenny gives Forrest the pity hand job. <laughs> but also sad, and even though we didn't see it, you know it ends with someone crying. Of course, <laughs> you'll probably just chalk this whole season of utility up to Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, but there were plenty of other quarterbacks available when that happened, and you managed to choose exactly zero of them. Even I'm right 50% of the time. Anyway, I have to run. Steve Newton's wife wants to take more naked pictures laying on a pile of me and my buddies, and after that, I have to complete my sleep of you jerks by wrecking Chris this week. If I had balls, they'd already be in Chris's face, which he's used to from all that rolling around he does. Chris, if you're not familiar with Will Ferrell's character in the movie The Ladies' Man, you may want to watch it. I think that might open your eyes to some things. Coin. Out. Okay, thank you, Coin. I take umbrage with the coins. <laughs> Very specific points, Tom. <laughs> Why is that, sir? Oh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that at a later date. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can talk about it now. It's okay. No, we can't because we've been talking about sports for the better part of an hour. So let's move on. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the geek stuff, nerd stuff, and... Oh, okay. I was hoping we didn't have to have this conversation, but we're having it. Yep. Justice League uh, is officially a box office failure. Um, Yep. It grossed $94 domestic in its opening weekend, which is below even the lowest projection. Um, $185 uh, overseas, which is good. Um, I read that it just crossed $400 worldwide. Okay, that's something. Um, it lost, it got beat by the new Pixar movie this weekend. Yep. Um, so DC apparently is trying to figure out what to do now. Because it seems the only thing that's done well for them is Wonder Woman. And this particular movie, the one they've been building to was the worst opening of any movie they've ever had. Well, I mean, what did what'd you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? You didn't put, you, you know, I love the idea. Like, if you want to understand why these movies are doing so poorly, they put Superman on the poster after the movie debuted. Right, because they wanted to, you know, keep it a secret. <laughs> but his logo. Yeah, was uh, on- pay no attention to that. so what do you want do you want to have a big reveal in the movie or do you want to sell tickets i think they expected that the brand recognition of justice league and the superheroes in the movie was enough except that it, it was never going to be because the, the movie wasn't Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. It was Batman, Wonder Woman, and then three guys most of America has never heard of. 
Now, I know you could say, well, whoa, 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 because Flash is on TV all the time. Yeah, and everyone knows Aquaman because he's a punchline. Right. But you're you're banking on people watching the CW, which they don't. And then you're banking on using the punchline of every superhero DC joke ever. Like, you might as well put Guy Gardner up there and been like, hey, Guy Gardner, eh? he gets punched in the face one time. eh? Eh? What did you think was going to happen? Uh, I mean, I can't argue with you. It's we we've been following this thing for a long time. And and the the whole thing has been mishandled. As far as what they do next, I don't I don't know what you do. I think you push Aquaman and hopefully we discover that the magic formula is just don't have Zack Snyder on your movies. If well, Aquaman is yeah. good, then we have we have our, our correlation. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true because Wonder Woman had no Zack Snyder involvement or very little, and it was great. And Aquaman has had little to no Zack Snyder involvement and is coming out next year, and we'll see. Um, you know, a lot of industry speculation now is that um and, and Warners has almost come out and said it, twenty eighteen is gonna be sort of a a uh, rebuilding year for them. They're going to see how Aquaman does and then decide on the rest of their slate, uh, you know, of their announced movies and where they're going to go. Meantime, uh, the movies are all that are in development are still in development. Uh, Shazam has cast its Billy Batson. It's still moving forward. Uh, you've got now the director of Nightwing has come out and said there's a, a open casting call uh, nationwide for the part of Dick Grayson Nightwing. So that's moving. Uh, right now, they're still moving forward. Um, Henry Cavill says he's under contract for one more movie as Superman, at least. Um, the speculation is that Ben Affleck is going to find a way to gracefully exit as Batman uh, very soon. Uh, that they had dis- decided on that before Justice League came out, but wanted to wait until after the movie had run its course. Uh, <laughs> To make the announcement. <laughs> One whole week. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, who knows when that's going to happen, but it looks like that announcement is coming. Um, they don't know if they're going to do the Flashpoint movie now, even though they think they uh, they said they're close to hiring a director. Um, we're definitely going to get another Wonder Woman, and we'll very likely get another Suicide Squad because that movie was profitable, even though it was And The bad. Rock is going to be in this one. Likely, Somehow. yeah, as Black Adam. Um after that, who knows? You know, it may be that they, you know, decide that they're going to move forward with the Batman and, you know, whoever this new act, new Batman actor is as a solo franchise that may not be connected to anything because their Batman movies tend to be profitable. They may continue with these other standalone things that they're talking about doing, like the, the Scorsese Joker movie that's not going to be connected to anything um, and go as low budget as possible. They're not going to sell off the IP because they're just not that desperate. Uh, not yet. It's going to take a long time for them to be that desperate. Um, and I think I, they, whereas 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 I agree with you, I think this just escalated that desperation, though. Maybe slightly, but they're in the middle of a fight over their news networks and the Department of Justice, and and there's a whole <laughs> other side to this. Um, that has nothing to do with superhero movies that is has Warner Brothers attention right now. So um, 
they're going to just focus, I think, on trying to monetize this IP however they can. But um, I think we may have seen, if not the end of the DC shared universe, very close to it. Which is unfortunate and greatly unnecessary and, and, and massively disappointing. Um, for as much shit as I gave Justice League from start to finish, it wasn't in a, because I wanted it to fail. It was because I was, you know, there's this great line in um, BoJack Horseman. You ever watch that show? I've seen a few episodes. So at the end of one of the seasons, BoJack's breaking up with his girlfriend at the time. And her line when she's leaving him is, you know, when you're wearing rose-colored glasses, all of the red flags just look like flags. <laughs> okay. So I wasn't wearing rose-colored glasses. I was looking at the red flags and screaming, that's a red flag. And, you know, I, as much as it sounds like I take joy in being right about the DCEU being pretty much dead in the water, I don't. I'm not excited by that. I'm actually really sad about it. But what 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 would my my I would go back to my original point. What do you think was going to happen? Do you think that you could just keep getting away with mediocre to crap movies and that no one was going to nothing bad was going to happen because of it? Thor 3 is better than Justice League in every way, and Thor 2 was one of the worst Marvel movies ever made, and Thor 1 wasn't that good to begin with. So Maybe instead of just shoveling the same drivel over and over again, they realized mm, that's not working and they changed the entire narrative. Right? I mean, I haven't seen Thor 3, but you said the whole point of it is that it's, you know, ridiculous and over the top and they're not taking Thor seriously anymore. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. At least Thor, Thor the guy. Like, the, the character in the world are still being taken seriously, but... Right, but, but they recognize that there's no room for this you know, super, super, super um, uh, worldly view on him. He's he's a superhero and he's awesome, but he's still kind of ridiculous and absurd. Right. He's I mean, he, they kind of poke fun at his, you know, the fact that he's, you know, this pompous prince. And, and, and it worked. I mean, the of new course. Thor Ragnarok is very good. And it worked because they didn't they steered into the skid. What happened with Justice League is everyone's screaming, don't turn that way, don't turn that way. And somebody at the DCEU said, nah, fuck it, we're going to turn that way. You remember, you remember how excited we were when the first shots from the set came out and it was funny and people were, you know, we were laughing with them and Zack Snyder said, oh, we listened to the fans this time. You remember that? You remember how excited we were in that yeah, episode? Yeah, that scene we saw of, uh, of Bruce Wayne and The Flash. Yeah, it was great, right? Yeah. But there, there just wasn't much of that. And, and they did move the needle. They, they got the track right this time. But it was very short, very brief. And you wonder now, is it in fact too little too late? Their whole theory was, we got to get that Avengers money. Mm, we need that Avengers money. You remember those conversations, Tom, yep. on this show? Yep, it's absolutely look, true. That was the motivation behind this. And look what happened. Instead of waiting and giving us a really good Batman movie and a really good Superman movie and an amazing Wonder Woman movie and all the way down the line, and then maybe, you know, 2020, 2021, Dark Side shows up and holy God, everybody needs to get in, get in gear for this. Because it's the big bad and he's here. 
But we didn't have that opportunity. We didn't get a chance to grow with these characters. We were just told, get in line, sit down, watch the movie. Hey, wasn't that great? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't great. I This was boring at best. Yeah, it's what rare. What do you think was going to happen? It's rare that like a DC movie has me saying, eh, it was too short. But yeah. it was because they had a lot of heavy lifting and world building they had to do with three of the characters. <laughs> they didn't do much. It was like, ah, well, you saw the email in Batman versus Superman, and uh, here's a little bit more, and that's it. These are the guys. The slow we plan even... worked. Yeah. They were so obsessed with not doing what Marvel did that they did the opposite, and they got the opposite result. What are the odds? Yeah. I mean, Disney, you could say a lot of bad things about that company about how they do business, and you can go on and on and on and on. But you can't argue with their final result, can you? Not really. Not really. I mean, their movies continue to make money, um, and that's why, you know, analysts, there are some people who are like, oh, Justice League didn't do well because people are tired of superhero movies. They like to keep saying that, but uh, there were three superhero movies that hit like $800 million or more at the box office this year. (laughs) So... It definitely has nothing to do with fatigue regarding superhero movies. But if you look at the ones that came out this year, Wonder Woman, The Second Guardians, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, uh, they have something in common, and that is they took a slightly different approach to what has been done before. You know, Guardians has always been sort of the outsider approach to superheroes because it's a comedy first. Um, Wonder Woman was different than all the other DC movies. Spider-Man Homecoming was, yes, a reboot of Spider-Man, but took a different tack on the character than we had seen before. Thor was a different permutation of Thor than we've seen before. You know, they are, within the genre, they are trying new things. So people keep going because the stories are good. If the story's good, people will go. And it has nothing to do with people being tired of superhero movies. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. We said that in the comic book industry for years. You don't need to reboot every six weeks. You just need to tell good stories. Exactly. If you tell good stories, people will come. Exactly. And telling good stories, you know, that's the whole like, oh, should we be heavy on continuity or not heavy on continuity? The audience at the end of the day doesn't care. They just want a good story. There's a tiny segment of the audience that says, uh, where does this fit in? But for the most part, if the story's good, the story's good, and you worry about where it fits in later. You can always write in a couple of words. That's exactly. How you fit it in. Exactly. I mean, comic books are as, nothing if not retcons. Well, for as bad as uh, Batman and Robin is, and it is truly terrible, there is a line in there that is great, and it's Bruce Wayne, George Clooney, looking at Robin and saying, this is why Clark works alone. And that's the only reference in the entire four-movie franchise. And it was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, it might be the only good part of that whole movie. Might be. It might honestly be. But, well, that and Arnold Schwarzenegger with the greatest... Kill the heroes! (laughs) Everybody freeze! God, so awful. Chill out. So awful. So, of course, we'll stay on top of everything that happens with the DC movies um, as we find out about it. Um, 
we don't know what that's going to mean or what that will look like, but very likely the only DC movie you're going to see next year is Aquaman. Hopefully it's good. Audiences liked Jason Momoa. Well, who doesn't like Water Reed? (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. um, (laughs) What was that? What what happened there? I'm just, I'm I'm tired of fighting you on that. I'm just tired of it. (laughs) You're the one who even said it. Don't even act like you didn't. Because the one moment I was talking about was like that, but I wouldn't say the whole thing is like that. Um, And I mean, let's face it. Certain incarnations of Aquaman are similar to that anyway. That's kind of how it is. <laughs> okay. Sure. Hey, look, are you are you telling me they didn't make Aquaman all uh, grim and, and slightly anti-hero-ish in the 90s? I am saying that. I don't think it was in response to how well Wolverine was doing, though. I think it was in response to giving Namor all those spikes on his underwear. You sure? I don't know. No. I think it went <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you read comics in the nineties, Tom. Are you going to tell me that you know what they were doing? Wolverine was on the cover of everything. <laughs> I mean, shit. DC even tried to make Lobo a star for a while. I did like for the that reason. Of, Dark Claw. <laughs> of course, you did. It's Batman and Wolverine combined. How could you not like it? I'm actually not that big a fan of Wolverine. I was a Cyclops guy growing up. What? That's true. That's very true. That's surprising. Point of contention between me and Gail Simone till this point forward. She and I do not get along about her hate of Cyclops. Cyclops is lame. He is lame, but he was like, he was cool. I liked him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now that we're talking about Marvel, uh, there's a bit of casting news for the Captain Marvel movie. And that is Jude Law. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay, okay. We're not talking about Shazam. I'm sorry. No, no. Shazam is called Shazam now. I'm so sorry. I will only know Captain Marvel. I agree. He's the original Captain Marvel. He had the name before Marvel stole it. He had the name before Marvel existed. Yes, I know. But apparently DC blinked on that one. (laughs) Anyway, the Captain Marvel movie has its male lead. It's Jude Law. Uh, Jude Law is playing Dr. Walter Lawson, who is a mentor to Brie Larson's, uh, you know, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel hero. Now, if you're familiar with Marvel Comics, Dr. Walter Lawson is the secret identity of Marvel, the original Captain Marvel. It would make sense for his age. Yeah. And uh, Variety is saying that Law's character will also be seen as Marvel in the movie. So we're going to see some kind of handoff from Marvel to Ca- Carol Danvers. Man, um, I hope an older gentleman who gives the young uh, hero their powers doesn't suddenly die in a tragic turn of events. We've never <laughs> seen that happen in Marvel movies. I mean, that's a trope from every hero's journey movie. <laughs> Come on, that goes back to mythology. And they didn't kill off. They the didn't kill Hank Pym. Is going to empower the young Billy Bass. <laughs> of course he is. That's the story. <laughs> if know, they changed it, you would bitch about that too. I'm not bitching about it. It's just one of those things. Where it's like, ah, here we go again. All right. Well, they didn't kill Hank Pym and Ant Man. Not yet. Yeah, I know. He'd probably die in this one. <laughs> Poor Han. <laughs> anyway, Rip Han. Rip yeah. Han. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, um, moving on to a little more Marvel news. Have you finished watching The Punisher? I have not finished it, but I am uh, up to episode 11. And uh, aside from a severe case of carpal tunnel syndrome, <laughs> what are your thoughts slash reaction to it? So this is not going to be very surprising for two reasons. One, everyone knows I'm a giant Punisher mark. But two, everyone has already beaten me to the punch on this. This is truly phenomenal film, uh, TV making uh, or film. I don't know what you want to call it, but this is great. Um, I actually do have a little bit of an issue with how much they've turned uh, Frank Castle into a human. I, I, I'm actually kind of disappointed about that. Um, in so much as in the comics, he's just a killing machine. There are no emotions. There is no change in personality. There is no character growth, which means the character is kind of boring. And I'm not going to lie. It is. But that's sort of what makes him this, this amazingly easy character to fall in love with. See bad guy, kill bad guy. The end. In the show... They're humanizing him. They're making his uh, what he does more realistic. They're they're giving him dialogue and making him into this this human character who you can truly get behind. I don't know if he's necessarily Frank Castle anymore the way I know him, but that's okay. They've done such a good job preparing me for this new reality that I'm totally all right with it. Cool, cool. I uh, haven't watched it yet. I'm actually quite behind on the, my Marvel TV, but uh, I did like, I thought Frank Castle was one of the best parts of Daredevil season two. So um, I am looking forward to getting to watch this very soon. I will say just one thing, sort of a micro spoiler, because I'm not going to explain who, what, where, when, and why. But as is the case, there is uh, a big, something happens. There's like an explosion at one point in the, in the series. Okay. Okay. And so far, because uh, it's sort of this overarching storyline that you'll get to um, through, you know, a few minutes into this episode that we had to stop on. Um, no other superhero in Devil's Kitchen has responded to this explosion. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those moments where you just sort of sit around going, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> There's like four other guys running around in this neighborhood. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't anyone have like even I mean, Avengers Tower is in the distance they're all they're all on vacation apparently (laughs) we we were all on vacation (laughs) so it is one of those like i remember feeling the same way in iron man 3 where you're just sort of like wait where is everybody (laughs) (laughs) right right the whole world is under siege you can't you can't set up like defenders is good and you can't but you can't have frank castle make his debut in in daredevil and then so far, like, again, I haven't finished the series, so I don't know what happens, but it does seem a little odd where the dare, where Daredevil's just sort of like, I had to do that day. It's like, oh, OK, OK. And Luke Cage is like, dude, get my haircut. And then, you know, Iron Fist is like, I was in Shangri-La. Sorry. And, <laughs> you know, then Jessica Jones hung over. Couldn't help you. you know, <laughs> Avengers Tower sees an explosion in, you know, essentially Manhattan or the Bronx or whatever. They look at it. I'm sure somebody's got that handled. You know, I got bigger things. Yeah, yeah, or, I mean, Galactus is coming. No, I mean, Thanos. (laughs) So, it is one of those moments where you're just sort of like, um, so we're just, we're going to ignore it. Okay, okay, all right, sounds good. Okay. It's hard. It's hard in these shared universe realities, right? Yeah, it is, because of that exact thing. Because you have to raise the stakes to make the character, you know, make the show interesting, but then you get the questions. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why didn't Iron Man just call Captain America to help him? That's a good question. It's fair. It's a fair question. Oh, maybe Captain America got a new cell phone. I don't know. He's trying to figure out how to open the flip phone. He doesn't. He doesn't know how to push the button. <laughs> what is this thing? Look at oh, it's not a firefly. I only got the four buttons on it. <laughs> God. See, I open it up and I can call Carol and I can call Tony and I can call the tower and then this is nine one one in case I forget my pants. <laughs> oh boy. So uh, we have one last, I guess, little bit of comic book news. Uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> been some shakeups between the two big two comic companies that we haven't really talked about a lot but uh we've got brian michael bendis leaving marvel going to dc and uh marvel uh switched its editor-in-chief yeah axel so... alonzo is gone and cb sabalski is in all right Joe Casada says it was uh it was time for a change. Okay. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know. What okay, well you're but you're our comic industry guy, so what I do am. you think led to this? So I think what's happening is Marvel is really getting very buttoned up about what they want from their creators again. And um they're sort of pulling back from the creativity that made Marvel stand out. Bendis redefined comic books in the Marvel universe. Um, they gave him the keys to the city. You know, they gave him the keys to the universe. Like every book was a Bendis book for a while. I'm sure you remember. Yeah. Um, and I think what's happening is they want the comics to be basically jumping on points for their other properties. So like, if you really like Punisher, the TV show, you could come in and pick up Punisher Legacy 218 and it looks similar to the TV show or it's going to have similar tropes. So the guy's going to draw be drawn differently or any number of things. Um, I just think that Marvel is looking at their comic book industry side of it and saying, let's get a little more tight and not be so out there with our our stuff. Like they're trying to consolidate power, for lack of a better term. How does that sound? Okay, I can understand that. Um, and it looks <clears> like DC also showed up to Bendis's house with a Brinks truck and yeah. said, here's all the money, and you can write anyone you want. So be prepared to see Brian Michael Bendis's take on the Trinity very soon. Mm. Because what, DC, what guy goes to DC to be a writer and doesn't want to write one or all of those characters? Kevin Smith. Yeah, oh, he started with Green Arrow. There you go. <laughs> Which is Batman light. <laughs> Resurrected Green Arrow. Well, <clears throat> I'm interested to see what kind of stories Bendis has. Um, I like Bendis a lot as a person and as a writer. I don't know if he has anything left in the tank. But who am I to say one way or the other? I haven't been reading his stuff because, well, to be honest, I didn't really care about the Defenders for a very long time. And, and I really don't. So I, I'd like to see what he comes up with. But... I don't know if it's anything that's going to really blow my skirt up. Remains to be seen. Correct. But it was uh, big news for a little while there with all of the uh, switching around and the flip-flopping. 
and as far as like the new editor, I I I don't know what to tell you, man. I yeah, I mean, it's you know, executives Every, change in creative uh, companies. And, I can tell you in the blogosphere, everybody's really excited for the new guy and and how great of a person he is. So well, that's, that's cool. cool. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a thing, I guess. There you go. Um, okay. Yep. So <laughs> that gets us to the question, Rick. Oh God. And the question, sure. sir, is what's pissing you off? I had a couple of things. I, I I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the one thing that I know I've never talked about before. Um Uh-oh. my love of college football is pissing me off. Um, <laughs> okay. I am a 35-year-old gentleman who has been out of college for over a decade. And yet, for reasons I don't understand, when I turn on a UCF football game, I have a near heart attack and a conniption and an episode. And I'm very angry. And then when they win, I'm elated and I'm over the moon. And there's no reason for this. There's no good reason for any of this. It's not like if they win, my degree somehow spits out a $50 bill at me or any of this. <laughs> I can't go to a job interview or or start my own business saying, yeah, but I, I graduated from UCF and they won the Peach Bowl. So you know, go fuck yourself. I can't say any of these things. It means nothing. Well, at least not when it's the Peach Bowl. Maybe if it was like the Sugar Bowl or something. <laughs> then what does it matter what does it, it's football i you know it's really just college football it doesn't mean anything none of those players care that i'm there they don't know that i'm there they don't know who i am they wouldn't care who i, I am. mean i don't know I if they a, all don't care kevin smith gave me a hug once because i told him i went to ucf so that's a thing well, i was gonna say i had classes with atari bigby and uh, asante samuel and you know asante retweeted us so that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And and his son is going to Florida State. I don't understand this. <laughs> so it just it makes looking back on our text conversation, it pissed me off how much I cared. <laughs> Caring pissed you off. No, no, no. I should be I should care that the game is on. I should watch it and cheer for my team because they're my alma mater and I root for them, right? Like that's reasonable, right? Yes. But knowing that if they lost that game, I might have thrown my remote through the TV, probably a bad thing. Well, I got to tell you, this game was a special one because my wife, who doesn't get like that about football at all, um, nearly disowned her own father during this game (laughs) (laughs) because he used to drive the, the shuttle bus on campus at USF. Uh-huh. And so she's watching the game and he goes, I-, I like USF. And she said, get away from me. <laughs> and it was that kind of voice where like when I hear it, I know that my life is in danger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it got to the point where like when USF started scoring, she had to like take off her USF UCF shirt to change the mojo. Like it was very it was like me. Like she got she got like I do during the game. Right. And and that that's about also this what I'm particular about. game because I guess cuz it was against USF and the undefeated thing and um, Yeah, but but again, but again, but again. If you if UCF had lost, all it would have done is changed the narrative of this show a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. affect us. No. No, not but at here, all. Here we are biting our, you know, our fingers to the bone because it's 4th and 10. And is this going to be it? Is this what it Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I screamed so loud at the TV a few times, I scared my dog. Um, yes. What's pissing you off? <sighs> Unfinished business. Ah. Unfinished business is pissing me off this week. I, I look around and I see things like... Uh, like... DC going away from the, you know, the shared cinematic universe, very likely. And I see things like uh, all of the unfinished scripts on my hard drive. (laughs) (laughs) That second one more than the first, I bet you, is really well, they I mean, and they sort of are related in a sense. because (laughs) uh, There's there's I mean, I've mentioned it a couple times on the show and eventually maybe I'll let it out into the world. But there's a I had a many years ago pre Man of Steel when you Warners knew nothing about what to do with Superman, I had this pipe dream of a spec script for a Superman reboot origin movie that uh, I'm going to say it was probably better than Man of Steel. Not a high bar to clear, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, a lot of ideas that, you know, in telling people about them, they sort of respond to very well. And uh, who knows? No one in power may have ever gotten to see it even had I finished it, but Every time I, every time I see that Batman versus Superman is on TV or Suicide Squad, or I think about the good parts of Justice League, like the good Superman parts, and how they made me feel, I get I have regrets. <laughs> so much like Derek Rose, also <laughs> I'm going to have that's sort of the theme here is is unfinished business and regret. Um, and how they can eat you alive if you let them. And uh, uh, for a while, I guess I've been letting it have an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> so, oh. so we're going to change that. We're going to flip the script and see what happens. We're going to start finishing things. That's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to start finishing things. And then who knows what will happen. Uh, Rick, what have you learned this week? I learned a great many things this week, Tom. So many, so many interesting and unnecessary things. I learned, for instance, that um, I'm, I'm I, I can't go on Facebook if I'm not on Wi-Fi. Oh, good. Um, well, I can, but I shouldn't because anytime you're on Facebook, just open up your Facebook. Do you have it on your phone? Is that available to you? Yeah, hang on. All right, open up your Facebook. Just open up your Facebook. Okay. And everyone at home, you can play along too. Okay. Open up your Facebook. It's open. Scroll all, you know, let it let it refresh and scroll all the way to the top of your timeline, okay? Uh-huh. Now, I want you to count the first five videos that you see. Just, just okay, so I got one. And let's see here. There's two. And there's three. And five. That's five. And that was like within the first ten stories. What about you, Tom? Two, three, four, uh, five. I had to get to like, probably had to get through fifteen stories for that. Right. Okay. So there, a couple of days ago, I think it was actually yesterday when I was in between minutes. I noticed this. Like when I open my my Facebook, there's no more like there's no stories or posts or just photos. It's all just ads and video, ads and video, and video is sometimes the ads. And I said to myself, no wonder my data plan is going through the roof. Every time I open Facebook and I'm not on Wi-Fi, it's got to play 17 different videos, whether I watch them or not. Yeah, I hate that autoplay thing. There you go. And that's what I learned this week. 
bullshit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. But Tom. Yes. What did you learn this week? I learned that the coin has a dark side that is like all scratched up like Two Faces coin. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder where the coin got all that information from. He's very, very mean. Yeah. No kidding. Like, there's a lot of stuff that the coin needs to talk to me about. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. He's a pretty mean guy, though. Yeah, a lot. A lot of stuff the coin's been looking to get off its chest <laughs> over the years, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know, but it was. It's not good. Ah, it's uh, not good. A lot of, a lot, of, a lot of vitriol directed at me from the coin. Hey, I mean, look, um, the coin the coin came at me pretty damn hard, too, when it beat me. So it's Oh, not... really? Oh, did it? Because it Do didn't go remember? on for three minutes. Hey, it didn't go on for three minutes. It went on for a minute. As is it's contractually obligated <laughs> to do. Yeah. Yeah, sure, Tom. <laughs> Rick, if, uh, if people want to, I don't know, say something mean about the coin or... <laughs> just generally weigh in how can they get a hold of us well tom the uh the ways to get a hold of us uh primarily for me anyway uh, you can go to twitter that's what i like doing I, I like going to at those two jerks and going off at the mouth about just about anything and uh seeing what what responses we get uh so you can find us at those two jerks make sure you spell out t-w-o uh you can also find us on facebook uh, i believe that is Facebook.com slash those two jerks, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, you can also um, just call us. We, we, have a, we have a hotline. Yeah, we do. Well, it's a warm line. I wouldn't call it a hotline, but it's, it's there. It's a line. It's a line. It's available. It goes to a voicemail box. And it is 321-76-JERKS. That's right. So you, you, you should call that. You should call it right now. And commiserate with me about why the coin was so specific about a few things. What? Wait, what was the coin specific about? Oh, I'm not going to give the coin any more fodder, Tom. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to have a discussion about this. Oh, we are. Oh, I thought it was with the coin. Tom. Well, I just, I'm curious what your beef is with the coin right now. That's the coin. Like... Yeah, yeah. The coin is where my problem is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you can also email us, those two jerks at gmail.com. Find all that information on our website, those two jerks.com. For the Sussman, Rick Sussman, I am the Tom Alexander. And at least until this fantasy football season is over, we will remain those two jerks. See you next time. Yeah, until the coin gets what's coming to us.